Well, good morning. For many, many reasons, I'm going to ask that you pray for me today. Um, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and um, <clears throat> I need your prayer. But we are in this together. Um, the music team didn't know what I was talking about every day, and I didn't know what the music was. Guess who knows, though? The Holy Spirit. The first song we sung was all about the crucifixion, and I'm about to read you the Gospel, Luke 23, which is the crucifixion. But this is not a crucifixion talk. It's a Holy Spirit talk. So be ready for the Holy Spirit in the room today because they're already very much here. You have heard these words before. Hear them new today. It was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. While the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly this man was innocent. And when all the crowds who had gathered there for this spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home beating their breasts. But all of his acquaintances, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The cosmos, not just Jerusalem, not just Israel, not just the world, the cosmos started to shift irrevocably around noon. Darkness came over the whole land. Some have said it's an eclipse. If it is, it is the darkest eclipse we have ever, ever experienced. Because from noon to three, darkness was having a field day here on earth. The darkness was so thick that you could cut it with a knife. The darkness is and was all-encompassing. Sometimes the darkness is so all-encompassing that we're actually sure it's going to win the day. It's my best bet in the last two years. Almost everyone here has had a day like that. It's just too dark. I can't do it. Sometimes things are so beyond our control, we can succumb to the darkness. And when this happens, it is enveloping. Remember last night I said, when you feel like that, you are actually in good company. The psalm writers wrote like that. Guess who else felt that all-encompassing darkness that day? Jesus, the Savior of the world. The night before, I think Jesus gives us the gift of his humanity. The night before, at the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus, who is somehow 100% human and 100% God, gives us the gift of his humanity by crying out, Oh, Father, if there is any other way this could happen, that'd be great. 
And then he still in his humanness, I believe, says to his father, but not my will, your will. He is still ready. But can you feel his humanity at that moment? It is here as well because he says, he remembers Psalm 22, which is right next to Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23, he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is experiencing the darkest of darkness on the cross at this moment. The darkness and abject loneliness is beyond pain. It is powerful, all-encompassing pain. When we are that deep in pain, it is a powerful, nearly all-encompassing pain. We are convinced that the inky black nothingness will take over, and so Jesus cries out. The bystanders think he's crying out to Elijah. Jesus breathes his last, and the cosmos alters irrevocably. When Jesus breathes his last, it says that the curtain of the temple was torn into from top to bottom. Now, the temple that Jesus said that he could rebuild in three days is more than just a temple. This temple holds the holiest of holies. The holiest of holies contained the Ten Commandments. And it was so holy that no one could go there except once a year they would send in a very holy person to check it out, to make sure that it was still holy, that it was still there. And this was done with much drama. They would tie a rope to the man's leg. It was always a man. They would tie a rope to the man's leg, and then the man would go into the holiest of holies. I'm not kidding like this. To check it out. You check out the holiest of holies. Anybody know why there was a rope tied to his leg? I'm not seeing any hands. You know. I want you to. In case he dropped dead right there in the holiest of holies, no one else could go back in there. So they wanted to be able to get him out. I'm not kidding. They actually did this. Now, there is a grand curtain that covers the Holy of Holies. It is this curtain that is schizotized from top to bottom. I use the word schizotized because that's the Greek word. And it's where we get the word schizophrenia, like split in half. When Jesus breathes his last, the other time that we use that word when something is ripped from top to bottom is when the sky and the clouds are torn from top to bottom and God enters the scene of Jesus' baptism and proclaims, this is my son, with you I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit is coming into the world. The word is used when a cosmos altering, ripping apart spirit thing is taking place. And when Jesus breathes his last, it is finished. The spirit of the living God cannot be contained in a God box or a temple or a curtain. The spirit is unleashed out into the world for all time. 
The spirit is unleashed out into the world. It is a sign that nothing is ever going to be the same again. I know what we are looking for from this crucifixion is two days later, hallelujah, the tomb is empty. I'm telling you something else happens that day. The Holy Spirit is unleashed like it has never been unleashed before, but also in a way that the Spirit has always, always been with us. The first, first verse of the Bible says, the Spirit hovered over the darkness of the deep. The Spirit has always been there. In John chapter 20, Jesus breathes on the disciples his Holy Spirit. And in the book of Acts, the Spirit comes as flaming tongues above heads during Pentecost. Oh, the Spirit's crazy. Don't get me wrong. When you are experiencing that impenetrable darkness, when you are lost or alone or cannot seem to go on, when you are on your last dollar, your last hope, your last if only, the Spirit comes and nothing is ever the same again. There's an unleashing of God's Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit now takes center stage. You don't need to raise your hand, but have you cried this weekend? I believe down to my bones that tears are evidentiary proof of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is everywhere and it is humming and drumming through every single one of us. Have you ever thrilled at the peace? Have you ever thrilled at a piece of music? Have the hairs on your arm ever stood straight up? Have you ever heard the cooing of a baby? If they have, you are experiencing the greatness of the Holy Spirit that accompanies you on your journey. It is the voice that you hear assuring you everything is going to be all right. It's the voice you hear whispering, you're okay. Jesus wants to make sure that you can access it. I said it two nights ago, it is the force that is closer to you than your own heartbeat. For when Jesus breathed his last here on earth, he did not lose power. Nope. At that moment, his power grew exponentially because the Holy Spirit, breathing into the world, tore curtains, sent earthquakes into the land, altered the cosmos, twirled planets, and enlivened our hearts to fully embrace and experience that great Holy Spirit that will stop at nothing to ensure us that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is a powerful, powerful force in the world. And I'm telling you, this world needs it like never before. I only have my own experience, but I've talked to people. In this world, we seem to be at zeros and tens. Anybody know what I'm talking about? People have gone over here to their 10 or over here to their zero. Imagine with me for a moment if you just step into a three and a seven. Better yet, what if you stepped into the five? The center. Who is the center? The center is Jesus. It's what I tried to say at the beginning, that Jesus and the Holy Spirit and their Father God 
is in charge of everything. They hold everything together. And here at Family Fest, we get to experience it. But like Pete said last night, we're now going out. We are going out to bring this love into a world that desperately needs it. We're apart, not together, in many, many ways. For years and years and years, we have done this retreat on Martin Luther King Day weekend. It's Martin Luther King Day today. I started talking about dreams. Guess who had a dream? Martin Luther King had a dream. He had a dream that one day people would not be judged by the color of their skin by what, but by the content of their character, period, end of sentence, full stop. This is the part where I need prayer. Some of you know, some of you don't know. Um, six years ago, Megan and I moved to Stillwater, and we moved into one of those super suburban neighborhoods. Like, it wasn't a gated community, but there were association fees, and man, our neighborhood was cute. Cute, 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 almost sickeningly cute. And we had been there a few months, and it was late August, and I was barbecuing, as you do. And um, we're going to get to this in a moment, but in August, I'm my absolute darkest. I'm pretty dark by August. Um, I'm looking good, I think. Um, and I'm probably pre you know, wearing something pretty preppy, you know, some, uh, I don't know, red, white, and blue shorts. Maybe they were in pink. Okay, so I'm barbecuing. All of a sudden, I see this state trooper, not a policeman, a state trooper, not in his car, but he's kind of running through our neighborhood and he sees me and he says, hey! I'm like, what? Second thing he says, oh, oh, sorry. He's kind of walking towards me, I'm kind of walking towards him. I'm like, what, what's going on? You can see him backpedaling, oh crap, what do I do? He said, I, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm like, well, what, what's happening? You know, I'm like, there, there's a cop in Liberty. This is weird. What, what's happening? He says, I, I'm so sorry. We're, we're, we're looking for a, a, a suspect. I'm like, oh. They were looking for a black man in our neighborhood. <laughs> really, really dark. But then he saw my shorts. And he was like, it can't be him. <clears throat> I mean, I know it's funny, but seriously, that's what he did. He did a double take and he's like, okay, dude's at his grill. I think this is actually his house. Um, it had an effect on me, I have to tell you. A few months later, it was December, and Megan, for my birthday, got me a DNA test. Who's taken their DNA test and been maybe surprised by any of the results? One of you. Okay, no one else. Um, I feel alone up here and naked and vulnerable. It's okay. Um, but except for you, you've helped me. Um, I, you know, some of you know, if you ask me, I'm half Puerto Rican and half white. My dad's name is Raul. He's from Puerto Rico. Um, I took my DNA test and got the results back. I'm 20% Nigerian. I'm from Africa. 
This was a big surprise to me, and my dad was like, what? Well, you just do a tiny bit of research. Puerto Rico was just like America. It was filled with Europeans, indigenous folks, and slaves from Africa. And Puerto Ricans, after about 200 years, kept mixing until they got to this gorgeous cocoa color that is really quite breathtaking in August. <laughs> I don't pay no mind. I mean, it's okay. Um, that was in December. In January, I went to a race relations, um, you know, trying to understand race better. And I went to this thing in January put on by not my church, but the bigger church, the ELCA. And it was led by... Um, I'm just going to be very blunt and just realistic. Three very white 60-year-old men. And, you know, we were putting groups and we're talking about, like, race relations. And I told the barbecue story and the state trooper and the thing and how I felt like I'd been profiled. And the white dude, he said to me, <laughs> I can't even get <laughs> This is what he said to me. He's like, well, now you know how a real person of color feels every day. I'm like, okay, white dude. Um, <laughs> I'm like, so, so you're now telling me I, as a person of color, can't even have my own racism experience because it's not good enough. Um, <laughs> blank word, you, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, no. Um, <clears throat> we've got to do better than this. We've got to do better than this. We've got to talk to each other. We have to figure this out. Um, the dream is real. And, and we can do it. This group can do it. I am telling you we can. We can do better than we are doing. For we are together, not separate. For the Holy Spirit and Jesus are our most marking DNA. They are our most marking DNA. Go out and be light to the world. Go out and make a difference. And remember, wherever you are in this story, this is, I'm going to say this sentence twice because I want us to think about it really, really hard. And it's not meant to disparage anyone. It is meant to get us to think. I'm going to say it twice. Have it go into your bones. The faith of the slave is always stronger than the religion of the slaveholder. The faith of the slave is always stronger than the religion of the slaveholder. Martin Luther King came, he had visions from God, he had spirit talk from God, and kept moving forward and was assassinated for it. And today we commemorate him, but we don't just commemorate him, we always point to the one who was talking to Martin Luther King. And his name is Jesus. Jesus, the one who died on the cross, whose Holy Spirit 
now supercharges you. You are supercharged to go out and be in the world and bring light and love and grace and mercy to everyone you see, everyone, no exceptions. There's this great bumper sticker that says, humankind, be both. So simple. Humankind, be both. You each have the Holy Spirit coursing through your veins, for we are no longer slave nor free. We are no longer male nor free. We are no longer Catholic or Protestant. One thing I did not talk about when we talked about the Fab 14 is the joy, the wonder, and the honor of the ecumenical nature of this. This place is a God place. It's not a Catholic place. It's not a Baptist place. It's not a Lutheran place. It's a God place. If someone doesn't say hallelujah or amen soon, I don't know what I'm going to do. That is good, good news. Okay? It is another indication that we are coming together. We're not coming apart. The Holy Spirit brings us together We are no longer slave nor free, male nor female, Catholic or Protestant, black or white or brown. We are instead the Holy Spirit ones. And we are unstoppable because the Holy Spirit is unstoppable. So go out into your community and make a difference. Go and be salt and light. Go and be the light of the world. For Christ and his Holy Spirit has supercharged you for great things. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.